And so this is uh, the second week of our series, Making Change. And, and we're looking at how we can use financial principles found in Scripture to navigate our life, to be able to use the resources God's blessed us with, uh, to be good stewards of those uh, to, for the good of uh, the kingdom, for, for the good of uh, ourselves, and so that God can be glorified in what we do. And so last week, we looked at this principle that less is more. And, and I, I said, I use that phrase from time to time around the house and, and the kids always push back and go, dad, less is not more, right? You know, you know, more is more and less is less. Less can't be more. But when we think about it, you know, we, 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 we begin, the, the, sometimes the more we have, the, the, the less we feel comfortable, the less we feel uh, uh, settled. We, we, we all, all we have is all this stuff and there's no room for real life. And, and what culture teaches us though, is that there's this continual pursuit of more, right? I mean, look at the advertisements, look at the commercials uh, that we see, look at the commercials that we're going to see in the coming weeks. They're going to give us this you know, idea that there's this perpetual continual pursuit for more. And all of a sudden it seems like we are defined by what we consume. We're defined by what we consume. And you guys remember the phrase, you are what you eat. You are what you eat. And it almost can be, has become this thing that we are what we consume. You know, whether it's, 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 it's TV shows or movies or, or food or, or products, uh, we have become a binge-watching culture where Netflix is our temple and Amazon is our mall. And where we can have whatever you want from the comfort of your own couch with just a simple click. I mean, in some situations, you can buy it today and have it today. Yeah, I was, I, I was having to uh, buy uh, some medicine and, and I, I clicked the button and it was like there later that afternoon. And this case, like, didn't you just buy this this morning? Amazon, you know? And so uh, it's, it's amazing how those things, and we, we almost come to expect it. Like if, if, if like, you know, you get prime and you're expecting prime delivery the next day, it's like, if it shows up two or three days later, you're like, oh, aren't you? It's supposed to be here. Come on, Amazon. What are you doing? Well, we, this last week or so, we had two Amazon trucks on our street at the same time. And it's like, wouldn't it have just been easier to give the one truck all the deliveries for? They're like going in different directions. It's like, you've got packages? And so, but that's how we live. We are what we consume. And this perpetual pursuit of more has created a financial crisis in our country. When you pair that with rising inflation, and you pair that you have this perfect storm of increased stress in our life. In June of 2022, uh, a study was done, um, and uh, it showed that 61% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. 61% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. And so what happens when an emergency arises? And they put it on credit. They pay, with their, they pay with their credit card and, and, and hope that they can pay it later. Maybe they, they take out a loan, and so they, add, they, they continue to add further stress, further financial uh, uh, stress to their life. CNBC published a bank rate study in uh, this last January and said that 50, 56% of Americans can't cover a thousand dollar emergency with savings. And not, not just that, but one in nine can't cover a $400 emergency. You begin to think, man, what, what's the stress like? We just got to keep all the plates spinning. We got to keep all the things going. And, 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 and if, if something starts to crumble, if something starts to fall apart, how do we handle that? How do we handle that? And it's hard to live the kind of life that God wants us to live when we are under this amount of financial, financial stress. Because when stress goes up, joy goes down. Have you ever noticed that? 
I mean, things can get a little tight when you have, you have to, you have to pinch some pennies. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's not just financial stress. Maybe it's just relational stress. Maybe it's work stress. As stress goes up, your joy for living goes down. If you're, maybe you're tired. Maybe you come today and you're tired of not having financial margin. You're tired of, of, of your finances being so tight. You'd love to, to give more. You'd love to be able to, 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 to go on a trip. Maybe you say, hey, I, we, we need to get away for a vacation. But you look at the budget. You look at what you have, and there's just not room in the margins. And so we begin to look, well, what are the obstacles that we face as we approach, as we try to gain financial freedom? And, and one of those might be that you need to make more money, right? You just need more income. Maybe, you know, what, what you're doing, where you're at. You're like, man, if, if, I, I just need to make more. But maybe you're not in a position. You can see our income you know, is something we don't necessarily have a lot of control over because you might not be in a position to uh, negotiate a salary increase. You may not be able to be in a position where you can uh, control that too much. So sometimes our income is what our income is. And so we, 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 on one end, we say, hey, if we can just get more money coming in, all these problems go away. Maybe you don't have the opportunity. Maybe you don't have the means. Maybe you don't have the, the power to negotiate a, a, a larger salary. Maybe your, maybe your salary fluctuates. Maybe you're hourly. And so, so you know, some seasons you have a lot of hours, some season uh, you, you get cut back. Maybe there's, a, there's been a rush. Maybe there's uh, some fallback and all of a sudden your hours are either go up or go down. So it's hard to plan. Maybe your salary is based a lot on commission. And so if sales aren't good, your income isn't good as well. And so how do we, how do we gain more income? There could be other factors involved as well. But another, another factor, one we have a little bit more control over, is our expenses, right? How much do we spend? We, hey, you know, we, we kind of control that, but there are, at the same time, there are some fixed expenses, right? You, know, you have your rent or mortgage because you've got to have a place to stay. You've got to eat. You get your electric, you get your utilities, you get things that, that, that cost to live. You want to make sure that you have clothes to wear. And so there are certain uh, fixed assets, there are some fixed expenses that you need to have. So we have, but we have a little bit of control over what we, we, don't, we may have less control over what we make, but we have a little more control over what we spend. The third obstacle that we face often in, in, in trying to, to, to gain and trying to find financial freedom is getting out of debt. See, consumer debt is probably the number one obstacle to people experience, to, to, for them to experience financial freedom in our world today. Some people feel as if they're just always going to live with debt. That debt is just going to be a constant reality in their world. But I'm here to say today that you can be debt-free and you can live and choose to live debt-free. But to get from where you are to where you want to go is going to take discipline. It's going to take a plan. It's going to take hard work to get it done. But today we're going to look at some wisdom from Solomon as we address the stress that comes from debt, but it comes from uh, uh, financial struggles in our life. And so if you would turn with me to Proverbs 13. Verse seven, and we're going to look at a couple different verses uh, from Solomon. Solomon is is the son of King David. He's widely regarded as one of the, as the wisest man to ever live, uh, probably even the, one of the richest men to ever live. And uh, as he he is, uh, the book of Proverbs is a book as a collection of his sayings and teachings that he uh, wrote that they had wrote, written down. That he passed on to his son, so that his son uh, would be able to, uh, to to learn and understand. And and, and what's interesting is that. One of his sons comes, comes to be king, and he is like the exact opposite of his father. Instead of being wise, he makes some very, very foolish 
decisions. And so this is what Solomon writes for us as he uh, writes some things about uh, financial stress. He says this one person pretends to be rich. yet has nothing. Another pretends to be poor. yet has great wealth. One person pretends to be rich yet has nothing. And another pretends to be poor. yet has great wealth. As a child of the eighties and nineties, one of the things you did not want to be called or one, one of the things you did not want to be known as is a wannabe or a poser. At least that, that, those were words that were used in the area that I grew up in. You, you didn't want to be, be seen as a, a poser, as someone who kind of fronts one thing, but in reality, you're something completely different. You try to put on a, a certain kind of area, a certain kind of uh, attitude, but you, that wasn't who you really were, that you had this sort of front, that you had this facade. And we have in this text, in this teaching, this couplet that Solomon gives us, there are two different individuals. And the first one pretends to be rich. He's a poser. He, he, he has all the right things. He has uh, all the right clothes. He drives all the right cars. He lives in the right neighborhood, but he has nothing to show for it besides this front. And yeah, behind it, man, he's trying to keep all the balls up in the air. He's trying to keep all the plates spinning because he knows that if one falls, everything falls apart. That if one piece of his puzzle does not continue to fit, everything falls apart. They put on a good show, but there is no substance. They're building their life on debt and on credit, but underneath they have nothing to show for it. In fact, their financial house is built out of cards. If one of those cards falls, the whole house falls down. Have you ever felt like you've been in that position where things are just hanging on by a thread that if one thing fails, everything falls apart. And you have this pose. You have this one to be on the one side going, look who I am. I've got all this. I've got this front. This is who I am. This is the kind of lifestyle that I live. But and behind it, he has nothing. On the other side, you have someone who pretends to be poor. And you might be thinking, Mike, aren't they also a poser or a wannabe? And in fact, that word for poor means destitute. It's kind of, you know, if you are struggling, if you're at the bottom of the bottom, and so they, this person is living well below their means. You put aside a little bit of, of money from each day, for tomorrow, because he doesn't know if there might be a sickness that comes, if something that might break down, if the job he has today isn't promised tomorrow. And so he stores away a little bit each day, kind of puts away in a little honey hole and is like, hey, I'm going to keep it here on the, the side because who knows, the future might be coming and then something else might, I, where, where I need that to cover some expenses tomorrow. So they put away a little bit of time. They, they, their front is a little bit, uh, is maybe a little bit less, but they have. They've acquired wealth for the future. They hold back a little bit, so they have some for tomorrow. So they have actual wealth instead of the trappings of treasures. See, when we live beyond our means, it creates stress. When we we live the life of the poser, and we try to keep up with the Joneses, it creates stress in our life. And no one likes stress. Financial stress has never made families better. No one has ever said, hey, man, I'm so glad I've got financial stress. It's made my marriage so much better, right? Said no wife ever, right? You know, no, no, said no one ever, because no one was no like, hey, financial stress does not make our, our lives, our families, our businesses. It doesn't make our businesses better. All of a sudden, as, as the financial stress goes up, instead of making uh, decisions based on wisdom and logic, we begin to make decisions based on feelings, on emotion, on survival. Might be able to live this way for a short period of time, 
You might be able to live for it with a season, but it's not a strategy for long-term success. In fact, Solomon will go on to write in Proverbs 22, seven, he says, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. The rich rule over the poor. And some people might say, see, it's talking about financial inequality. Look at that. The rich shouldn't rule over the poor. But I think the way Solomon's writing this is that the poor have chosen, maybe some of these poor have chosen that. They've put themselves in a financial situation where they're relying upon the good graces of another. It's not someone who just isn't financially able. It's someone who's made poor choices and has put themselves in that situation because the borrower is slave to the lender. So if you are in need and you draw, instead of learning to live within your means, if you're constantly drawing upon the help of another, there's an expectation that you pay that back. And all of a sudden we become slave to, to that bill. We could become slave to that debt. We become slave, uh, a slave to, to paying back what we owe. And that creates financial stress. As we determine stress, stress is bad. So how can we make better choices? How can we uh, uh, navigate the, 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 this, this life? How can we uh, be wise stewards of the financial resources that we have? And I think it can start with praying three simple prayers. Three simple prayers. I think we can begin praying today that God might uh, help us navigate this and lessen the stress in our lives so that we put ourselves in a position where we can uh, uh, give more freely and we can enjoy life the way God desires us to. So the first one we want to pray is that God would give us self-control. God, give me self-control. Can you say that with me? God, give me self-control. Solomon wrote in, in Proverbs 25, 28, he was like, like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. Now this picture uh, doesn't really do much for us because uh, how many cities do we have here in the United States that have walls around them? None, right? I mean, but back in the, back in in the first century, back when, when, when Solomon was king, if your city did not have a wall around it, you were open to just being run over by your enemies. Your enemies could come through and ransack you. So it was, this, it was the main, key, main part of protection. This was the way you protected yourself was by having a wall around your city. But if you didn't have a wall, you were open. All of a sudden you were uh, able to be just ransacked immediately. And so sometimes we're like that, right? Sometimes we, you know, we think of these uh, uh, walls as like uh, uh, guardrails in our life. You know, you're going up a, 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 a narrow mountain pass and, uh, like Pike's Peak, <laughs> and, and you're, you're, you're going around it, and you're like, man, if I miss, I'm down the mountain. Have you ever felt there financially that you are going around, and you're like, man, I'm gonna, I, we're, we're about ready to fall off the edge, but we have these guardrails in our life. Maybe, hey, you want? We need to cut back because things are getting that way. Things are getting tough. So we need self-control because sometimes we're like that kid in the candy store, right? We just want everything. We're, yeah, have you ever seen those kids in the checkout line in the grocery store? That candy bar, this candy bar, and they're just like reaching for anything and trying to put it in the, you know, they're going down the cereal aisle and they're like, I want that one and that one. I want the Fruit Loops and the Fruity Pebbles and the Cocoa Crispy. Oh, and, and mom's going, no, no, we're not. And sometimes we're like, we go through the toy store and we want one of everything. And we need to pray, God, give us self-control because if we just go hog wild, all of a sudden, we're not going to have enough to cover what we need. 
So we need self-control so we can have these guardrails in our life to protect us from ourselves, to protect us from that inner thing that just wants, wants, wants that we need self-control. The self-control is what keeps us out of the ditch. There's a, Dave Ramsey, who's a, a Christian financial teacher, author, and has one of the most popular radio shows in America, uh, you know, even among all the different shows all across different lines. And he says, he has this line. He says, if, no, if you live like no one else, then one day you can live and give like no one else. If today you choose to live like no one else and you're choosing the path of self-control, not just being about what you consume, being about what you eat, being about being what you, this pursuit of more. If we choose today to live with less or later on, and another day we'll be able to live and give like no one else. Cause we won't have that financial stress, that financial debt in our life. So we need to say no to some things today. So we can say yes to better things in the future that we can live and give like no one else. So the first thing we need to say is, is God, give me self-control. But the second thing we need to say is God, give me understanding. Say it with me. God, give me understanding. I'm going to step away from Proverbs, from Proverbs for a second and take a, a line from uh, the prophet Hosea. God speaks through Hosea. He says, my people are destroyed from a lack of, under, a lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge. And we find this to be true often in, in, in financial kind of conversations, right? Sometimes we find ourselves in these uh, places where uh, we just don't quite understand. We, get, we can get in over our head. Sometimes people ask not how much something costs, because we can read, we can read the, 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 the sticker price, right? But we don't understand the true cost, what things will truly be after we add in, you know, after we add in all the interest. We see what it costs, but, but we won't ask what it costs. We ask, we, what we ask ourselves is, can I afford the payments? Can I afford the payments? And so the real, the true cost, the real cost of what it is in the end is far different than the sticker cost. The average credit card debt in a per American household in the United States is $8,942. And, and notice that's the average, average per household. And so if your household's like mine, we don't carry credit card debt. At, I must have used the, decided to use the uh, European spelling of the word card there. Um, uh, man, if, if I'm not carrying any, who's, who's carrying that much? Who's carrying that much? And what weight does that have to feel? How does that have that feel in our life? <clears throat> if, if you take that same, we'll just call it $9,000. If you take that same $9,000, with that $9,000, if you pay $250 a month, and you're talking like 19% interest, it's going to take you four and a half years to pay that off. And it's going to cost you over $13,000 to pay off that $9,000 debt. What if you took that same $9,000 and over that same four and a half year period, you uh, put it into something that might ha- get you like a, a 10% return, which might be pie in the sky, but just, you know, we're going to throw that out there. At the end of that same four and a half years, you would have $14,000 to the good. Now, say over that same four and a half year period, you have to start with that same $9,000 and you put that same $250 into that. By the end of that same four and a half year period, 
you would end up with over $30,000. When we use money that we have to pay for what we need, instead of borrowing from tomorrow, we can learn to find our way to a place where we can have true wealth, true uh, uh, savings, true uh, joy. We can understand and, and, and live a life that is that, that, that doesn't have the same financial stress as our neighbors around us. Because I'm not a financial genius, but I think I'd rather have fourteen or 30000 to the good rather than 13000 to the bad. See, our, finances, our finances don't have to be a source of our greatest stress. So we begin praying, God, give me, self, give me self-control. We pray, God, give me understanding. But maybe today, our greatest prayer might be, God, give me a plan. Can you say it with me? God, give me a plan. Maybe today you come in, maybe today you're at home, and you're like, Mike, I am so stressed because I got, I, I've got that debt. I've got, I got student loan bills. I got a car payment. I got a, a house payment. I got, I got this payment. I got that payment. And, and the, the, the weight and the stress of it all is just crushing. Maybe today we need a plan. A plan to, to move ourselves from where we are to where we need to be. Solomon writes, says, The plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. The plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. That word, that Hebrew word for haste means I felt bad, so I went shopping. No, no, it doesn't. No, it means you just acted quickly. It means you just went, you're like, you know, shoot, ready, aim, right? You're shooting first before you aim. You're not thinking your way through the process. It means you didn't have a plan, and that plan leads to poverty. No one, it's easy to wander into debt, right? We probably have all made those choices. And all of a sudden, like, oh, here I am with a lot more than I thought. I need to pay back. Most people don't tend to wander out of debt. Oh, look, here I am. I got it all paid off. Now, usually it takes a plan. So I bet this morning you didn't necessarily realize that your budget is spiritual. You know, our, not, not, not just our church budget, but your own personal budget is spiritual. It's a spiritual practice to go, here's what our family is bringing in, and here is how we're going to direct those funds. How, how are we going to, to use what we have that God has given us, how can we steward this so that we can be faithful to God? It's in our budget that we begin to put our faith into action. Do we believe that God will, uh, that God will be faithful if we give him the first 10%? If we, if we give to him first and foremost, can, can, can God do with, with 90 more than I can do with 100? If I trust him with the tithe, if I trust him with the first 10% of my income. We've been teaching our kids kind of the 10-10-80 rule, right? First 10% goes to God. We save the next 10% and we learn to live off of the other 80%. Maybe you've noticed over the past month or so, uh, Jaden's not here this week. The kids are at camp at the uh, fall retreat. Uh, he's been playing this really sweet, nice-looking guitar. He saved up the money himself. We'll help with grandma and grandma's like, I'll, I'll match you dollar for dollar. So he's putting away all of his allowance money, all of his lawn mowing money, putting away, stuffing away. To, like, like each week or a couple weeks, we'd pull out, he'd pull out and count. And he goes, okay, I'm, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. I'm almost there. You know, we, we could have bought it a long time ago. And then he could have just made payments to me and said, hey, here, here, here's a little bit, Dad. Here's a little bit. Like, no, 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 no. We're going to work and we're going to save up. So when, and when it came time to hit the button, I made him hit the button. You ready to go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, 
He hit it, and then, then when it came, the day when it came, he knew that it was his. Didn't have to make payments for it. Didn't have to. Didn't have to wait. Didn't have. To. He knew it was his, free, and clear. I'm proud of the, the work he put in, and, and the time he put into to 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 to, to, to the, the work, and, and just being diligent to go. You want? You, the, the, oh, I want. No, no, no. I I kind of want that, but I want the guitar more. I I I could use that, but. I need, I need to keep focused on what I want to get. So if we're looking for a plan to get out of debt, uh, Dave Ramsey uh, has kind of a, a, a simple process, simple process uh, of how to, 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 to use uh, the financial resources God has given you to, to, to begin to move your way from debt, financial freedom. And the first thing he says is make a budget. Because you got to tell your money where to go. Because if you don't tell your money where to go, it's going to go wherever it wants to go. And then you can go, where did it go? Where did it, you know, I wonder where my money went. Well, if you have a budget, we can say, hey, my money went to there. Instead of wondering where it went. And the first thing you said, hey, you, first thing you did is, is you learned, to, here's my income. Here's, my, here's what I give to God. And then here's how I'm going to begin to make, get my way out of debt and move my way to financial freedom. The second thing he says is create a thousand, $1,000 emergency fund. I added an E, took away a zero. $1,000 emergency fund. Why? Because usually when emergencies come, they don't come in small numbers, right? All of a sudden, that, that price tag for the emergency is usually bigger than you want it to be. Just says, says, save away $1,000. Get, get put $1,000. This is not the, the, the golf trip fund. This isn't, I need a new dress fund. This is an emergency fund. If you break a leg, if your car breaks down, if something happens, this is the money you, you draw from and you pay cash for it. If, you get, if it gets below $1,000, you build back up to $1,000 before you do anything else. Because then you begin to pay, uh, number three is you begin to pay off your debts. Pay off all your debts. So you get all, get all your payments, all your, all, all your debts, all the things you're behind on. And you make, make sure you make all the monthly, the, the, the minimum payments. But you really get super focused on the lower one, on the smallest one. And you, you, you get that thing paid off. And then when you get that one paid off, you take that payment plus the other payment to the next smallest one. And you just begin to go one after another after another. And he calls it the debt snowball. And you just begin to pile one on top of another. And, and when you get focused like this, you can begin to make real traction, real headway on paying off your debts. Finally, he says to build up three to six months of living expenses. After you get all done with that, get, you know, how much does it take? Because sometimes you might find yourself in a position where you lose a job. Maybe you get ill. Maybe you have uh, some sort of health condition that puts you out of work. And, and you're not getting paid for the work. So how are you going to cover all those expenses? Rather than going into debt, he's like, here's, here's how you, you build up a safety net for yourself so that you can provide for you and your family. Because if you live like no one else today, there'll come a day when you can live and give like no one else. So how would it feel? How would it feel if when something breaks, you can just go and pay cash for it? How, how would it feel that if, if, um, you know, when you uh, need to go buy something, you just pay cash for it. If you saw someone in need, you'd be able to help them out. If you saw a need in, in the church or in the community, you could just reach out and give a little extra and bless those who are around you. How, how would that make you feel? How would it feel if we fully trusted God with our finances and saw him respond with blessing in our life? See, it's going to take self-control. It's going to take understanding, and it's going to take a plan. 
So my challenge for you this week is to pray through your budget. Maybe that might mean that you need to sit down and make a budget. Okay, God, this is what I have. How do I use this? How do I use this to, to, to glorify you? How do I use this to, to, to provide for myself? Because you've given me the, the, these resources to, to, to provide for my family, to provide uh, for, for my needs. But our money is also not ours. Everything belongs to God. So how do we use these resources to glorify him? How do we give to those around us? How do we live a life that others can see our faithfulness to God in that? Are there places where we can make more room for God? Are there places where we can be more generous? Can we chart a path to financial freedom and debt-free living? As we are thinking about tr- trusting God. And some of the songs we sing today kind of remind us that we serve a God who is big enough. That we can go running into his arms. That he is our life. He's our light. He's our peace. So maybe today you came in with a lot of stress and a lot of uh, angst and there's there's just some heaviness in your life. And as you come in today, God, I need to run into your arms. Maybe it's financially, maybe it's relationally, maybe it's spiritually, maybe maybe there's some tension in your life that you don't understand. You just need to fall into the arms of Jesus. Maybe you long to sing the words of Horatio Spafford, it is well with my soul. The story of that song is so powerful because he wrote it in the depths of despair after he had lost his children uh, uh, in, as they uh, went across the Atlantic Ocean. Their ship was, was destroyed. It was sank. And his wife let him know through telegram that she had made it, but their daughters had not. In that moment, he could still say it as well with my soul because he knew, he knew his daughters had put their faith and trust in Jesus. We serve a great God who answered our deepest need by sending his very best to the cross for us. So we think about trusting in God with our finances. Maybe it's time for us to trust God with our life, to put our life fully into his hands. Maybe it's by making him your, sa- his, making him your savior, by, by submitting to baptism, by saying, I want to be yours. I'm going to live my life fully for you. Maybe it's joining a group. I was just thinking this, this last week, we were coming up on, on a year of having uh, our, our, our Sunday morning Bible study, our, uh, our, our Sunday evening Bible study, our youth group uh, running, has been going, pre, except for a summer hiatus, we've been going pretty strong for a year. And so maybe you need to join a group. Maybe you say, hey, I, I, this Sunday morning's good, being able to watch at home's good, whatever. But I need to get into a group of others where I can be encouraged to get into scripture. I can have that community of people who can know me fully know me, that they can challenge me, that we can challenge each other so we can live more faithfully for God. Maybe, maybe today you, you need prayer. Maybe there's, there's been difficult stuff in your life. Maybe you need prayer to be able to, 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 to for the boldness to share with someone in, in your life about the goodness of God around, how he's been good to you and how you want them to come to know him as well. We, 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 I'll be in the, the back after the service and love to be able to have that, take a moment and, and talk with you and pray with you. But it, maybe you're like, I, Mike, I don't really want to talk to anyone, but I probably do need to let someone know. We, maybe you're at home and you're like, I, I, I need to want to let you know about where I'm at, what, what steps I need to take to grow in my faith. You can do so at the, uh, at the connection card at cchmd.com. And there underneath the, your name and all that stuff, there's, hey, my next step. 
Pick one of those. We'll follow up with you. We'll, 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 we'll help you walk through that process and, and pray with you and, and help you grow. We, we, we long to help other people grow in their faith so they can learn to grow and trust in Jesus. Not just when it comes to finances, but with all their life. See, we, that brings stress. A lot of things can bring stress to our life. And stress in our life, tend, financial stress tends to be really bad. Sometimes we just can't get in this a whirlpool and we kind of just get stuck in how do I get myself out of it? If we want to get rid of the stress, if we want to get out of debt, we have to follow God's plan for living within our means. And it might mean saying no to some things. It might mean making some sacrifices today so we can say yes tomorrow. And then, and only then, we'll be able to live and give like no one else. Let me pray for us. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you that you love us you've given us so much. Father, you've given us your hope and your grace. You've given us your wisdom. Father, I pray that today that you'll help us to learn to follow you when it comes to our finances. Father, we can trust in you and your word. Father, we can run to your arms and trust that you are more than enough for us. Father, I thank you that you've given us Jesus. I thank you that you have given him to, to us that we can learn and grow and trust in him, Father. We can give, we, 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 that you would use us this week <clears throat> where we are as we are to be an example of your grace. Father, not that we're perfect, but that we're growing. Father, not that we have it all together, but that we're making progress. Father, help us to take a next step this week to grow closer to you, to trust you even more. Father, you might open up doors this week in our life to share with others your love and your goodness that they too may know of you. Father, we thank you that you've saved us by your grace. Not of our own goodness, we can never measure up. That, Father, by your grace, help us this week to love others as you have loved us. In Jesus, name I pray. Amen. Hope you guys have a great week and we look forward to seeing you again next Sunday.